0: about getting into boudoir photography? Perhaps you'd like to offer boudoir photography to your brides. This week, New York boudoir photographer Jen Rosenbaum joins us to talk about boudoir photography and what wedding photographers can learn from boudoir to help them get better photographs on the wedding day. All this and more on this episode of TWIP Weddings. Well, welcome back to another episode of TWIP Weddings. Uh, I am Bruce Clark and this week I am joined by Mr. Brian Capricci as usual. Mr. Robert Evans will be joining us shortly. He's on the road and he's going to be jumping in here pretty quickly. And we have a very special guest this week, Miss Jen Rosenbaum. Welcome everybody.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Hello, hello. Happy to have you guys here. So this week uh, we've got we brought Jen on because we want to talk uh, to her specifically about boudoir photography and what can wedding photographers learn from the world of boudoir photography, and also how can wedding photographers you know look to incorporate it uh, possibly into their business or maybe partner with other photographers to add boudoir services to their to their wedding services because I think you know a lot of brides like to get some boudoir uh, photography done before the the big wedding day so we're going to talk about that today but. Before we kind of get into the show, we want to uh, remind you guys how you can get you know participate in the show. We want you guys to get involved, and we've got lots of ways you can interact with us. Um, first off, you can visit the website at thisweekinphoto.com/weddings, and there you're going to find the show notes for this episode, links to everything that we f- we're going to talk about today, um, and there's also a place where you can leave your comments and your feedback, your questions. So we definitely want you to go there and participate. Um, if you do have questions for the show, um, you can send us an email at twipwed at thisweekinphoto.com, and those will come to us and we will try and answer those on the show, or your questions may inform a future episode of the show as well. If you're more of a social media person, you can also uh, put out a tweet or any kind of social media post. Use the hashtag twipwed, and then we'll keep our eye out for those as well. And we're on Instagram. We're to start doing a better job of that. I know I say that every week, and then another week goes by. So we are also on Instagram, so we have to start feeding our Instagram feed with uh, with some shots um, from us. So we'll get on that. But you can follow us. We're at twipwed on Instagram. So that's all the ways you can get done to this. With so without any further ado, let's jump into the show. And as uh, as usual, we're going to start out with our Picks of the Week segment. And this is where we get to share a photography-related item that we think would be a benefit to other photographers. And it can be anything as long as it is related to photography. And since we have Jen on as a special guest, we're going to allow ladies first. So Jen, what's your pick of the week for the fine folks.
1: Thank you. Well, you know, I'm not a wedding photographer, but I am a huge fan of shoot.edit.com. They're an editing company, but what is so great about them is that they offer a ton of, free material for wedding photographers, like how to, you know, five ways to make more weddings, uh, more money in weddings, Um, you know, all these different webinars that they offer and a ton of guides that they give for free just to support the wedding photographers and uh, really help them thrive in their business, which I think is awesome. So I would definitely, if you're a wedding photographer, I would check out shoot.edit.com and check out their free material. That's, that's my pick of the week.
0: Perfect. Excellent pick. They need to get the .edit domain. I wonder if they're going right. to open that as a as a, <laughs> as a as a TLD, as a .edit. Then they can just get shoot.edit.
1: Right. That would be great. <laughs>
0: Perfect. So. Excellent. Very good pick. Mr. Capricci, how are you? Oh, I, pick
2: this great. Week? Uh, my pick this week. So here's the thing. I'm sure everyone's been in uh, meetings or they've gone to conferences or even been at a wedding. And when you're in a conversation with somebody to pull out your phone, um, is considered sort of a social you know, faux pas, right? But so many of us do it, especially if we're having a conversation with somebody and they're like, oh, like, can you follow up with such and such? And so people will pull out their phone and they'll give themselves a little reminder. I find that to be a little bit offensive and I don't want to put myself in that position where I'm going to be offending anybody. Um, and so what I have with me that I love and this is my pick of the week is the moleskin little journal notebook thing. It's pocket-sized. They come in packs of three. And with it, I have a little zebra pencil. I'm showing a video of it here for those that are watching.
0: Yes, for the listeners at home, you can go to
2: watch the video of this. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, it's you know, it's the size of an iPhone, but it's a really tiny little journal, a little notebook, and it's a really tiny little pen that just fits nicely inside of it. I keep it in my pocket no matter where I go, and that way if I ever want to make a note, if I'm with somebody and I want to write something down to follow up on, this is like my go-to for conventions, conferences, meetings, anything like networking like that. So I never feel like I'm in a meeting with somebody and I have to pull out my iPhone to do something because I don't want to be offending them. So when I do it that way, it's also a conversation point because they're like, oh, wow, that's cool. That's so analog of you. And it, You know how like, <laughs> like, yeah, to
1: use a pen? Yeah. That's cool. You see these oh, wow. things?
2: Yeah, they're called pencils. <laughs> and it's this paper. And you put them together and magic happens. So um, I love that. That's my pick of the week. They're moleskin, They're really cheap. Um, and they fit in your pocket. And they are... A great analog tool for uh, writing things down in a digital world.
0: Nice. Where do you, any specific place
2: you buy them from? You can get anywhere, Staples, uh, any office supply store. I think even like Chapters and Indigo and like Books A Million, all the bookstores, all they have them as well. Yeah. You realize now though,
0: soon you're going to be able to do all those things on your watch. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everybody's gonna be, you know, glancing at their wrists now instead of pulling out their phones. Mm, right. Which is interesting because I, I read not we're going down a total rabbit hole with the yep. Apple watch, but the reviews are starting to come out now because the you know, tech companies yep. have them. And, and one of the feedback that they got was when they were looking at their watch all the time in a social setting, people were like, Do you have to be somewhere? Am I <laughs> yeah, pulling you yeah, up yeah, from totally, something? Because yeah. it's you know, when you're looking at your watch, people assume you're looking at the time, see what time it is. And they said, No, I was just, you know, they'd get a text or whatever, right? So it's gonna right. be a It'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out once the right. Apple Watch is, is out in the wild and people start using it. So out in the wild. Out in the wild. <laughs> excellent. Well, great, excellent pick. Excellent pick. So my pick this week, my pick this week, since we're going to be talking about boudoir photography, I thought this would be an appropriate pick. And Jen, you have some courses on Creative Live, specifically on boudoir. And so my pick this week is Jen's boudoir bootcamp. On Creative Live, I figure that was maybe. Would you say that's the best place to get started if you maybe are new to boudoir photography?
1: Thank you for picking me for your pick. No uh, yeah, I would say um, the boudoir bootcamp on Creative Live is thorough. It's um, it's probably over twenty hours of education. I haven't timed it exactly, but there's at least twenty hours of education there, and we talk about everything from posing to business pricing, um, creating custom sessions for your clients, lighting. Um, really, I mean. I really talk about everything. I mean, 20 hours is like, you know, I I don't even know what else I could give you. (laughs) So if you want to know everything, you know, we talk about wardrobe and lingerie and how to partner with lingerie stores and some marketing. And, um, you know, it's, it's really a little bit of everything. And if you have a boudoir business or you're looking to make a boudoir business, it's an incredible way to do that. There's also some bonus material. If you buy the, um, the class, which is something, uh, they have some bonus videos in there. And one of them is my favorite. It's called the fly on the wall shoot. And basically what they did was they came to my studio in New York and just taped me shooting a client. It's like real, like I'm not teaching, you're just watching me shoot. Um, because I always find with these classes, it's so hard to to shoot and teach at the same time mm-hmm. and have it be as real as possible. So I had this idea of just coming in, just, just shoot me shooting. That's it. I don't want to teach, just watch what I do and I, I'll make it as real as possible. So you get some bonus videos like that as well as some, a bonus packet that will go over your pricing and how to come up with your pricing that you want. Um, it has a free action in there for frequency separation and a whole bunch of great stuff. So it's um, I don't know what they're selling it for right now, but Whatever it is, it's definitely worth the money. It's a lot of education uh, for that for the amount. Because they're not terribly expensive over there at Creative Live. It's no, like the perfect yeah. price point. Um, so when you break it down for everything you get, it's it's really valuable.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, you know, obviously we're not going to be able to get as, you know, in-depth today on some of these things, so that's going to be a great uh, you know, great resource. So, I'm on their site right now and it looks like the class is you can buy it now for 199.
1: Yeah, perfect. So,
0: I mean, that's for, you know, you said over 20 hours of content. That's fantastic. So, if yeah. you're kind of new to this arena and looking maybe to get into that um, check out, and
1: you know, I get a, I get a lot of comments Bruce, from and people that are not in boudoir that are in some sort of portraits or even weddings that say to me all the time, "I learned so much from you, even though it's boudoir." There, you know, there's so much, and I guess we're going to talk about that a little bit today too about you know how boudoir works with weddings. But there's a lot of information there for anybody who's really running their own business, working with women in any capacity. Um, there's a lot of a lot to learn.
0: Awesome, good stuff. And there he is, Mr. Robert Evans. Hey, yeah, I look, decided. it's Robert Evans. I decided to show up. Awesome! There he is. Just you're just in time. We were I was just a little
3: tardy. I apologize. That's all right. No worries. No worries. You were just coming from a celebrity wedding, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was, you know, signing confidentiality agreements and no, as a celebrity boudoir
2: portrait this morning. That would be appropriate for the episode today, don't you think? Yeah.
3: <laughs> I don't think I've done that.
0: Okay. <laughs> oh, there you go. Excellent. Well, welcome,
3: uh, Robert. Um, you're just in time for your pick. Oh yeah! Now you're gonna put me on the spot. Yeah, we're gonna put you <laughs> on the spot now. So we're just... <laughs> well, I'm gonna since I am unprepared, I will just be very candid with everyone. Um, <clears throat> I think I'm gonna go with um, I've shot it a little bit, but the the new uh, 35 millimeter lens from Sony for the email, Since I am a Sony artist and I got to plug my Sony stuff, True. but um, <clears throat> they just actually announced three new, not just, but by the especially by the time you read here, listen to this, but. Uh, 90 millimeter macro, 2.8, 35 millimeter, uh, I think it's 1.4, and then um, I forget what the other one is, but I don't have the macro yet, it's not out, but I'm sort of excited about that, um, because I'm more and more using my uh, email stuff and my A7 cameras as opposed to my 99, so... Um, that's the one lens, of macro especially that I'll use at weddings for you yeah. know, rings and things like that that I still have to use my A-mount for. So I'm looking looking forward to getting an E-mount solution for that. Very cool. So. Excellent.
0: So once again, that the, your specific yeah, pick was the Sony E-mount. The 35mm. 35 35mm. 35 the new 35, yeah. Awesome. Good pick. We'll put a link to that so people can check it out. <laughs> All right. So this week, we're going to move on on to our next section, which is our listener question. And each week, we choose a listener question to answer on the show. And this week, we've got a question that I think is right up Jen's alley, but also Robert and Brian, feel free to to chip in here as well, because I know you guys have shot some boudoir. So Michelle's wanting to know, she says, I want to start shooting boudoir for my brides, but I don't have a studio space to work out of. What are your suggestions for a location where I can shoot boudoir? Should I just rent a hotel room? I'm not comfortable bringing clients into my house for shoots.
1: Okay, fair question. what do you think? fair question. Uh, Hotel rooms are a great idea. Um, You know, sometimes brides work with hotels for their guests or they're spending a night in a hotel. They might even have a connection with somebody at a hotel. They can help you book a room for them. You know, maybe it's nice that you do something in the bridal suite because that's where she's spending the night that she got married. But there's other options also. There's other studios. I mean, I rent my studio out sometimes to other photographers. Um, There's tons of studios that just rent. That's what they do. And then there's also options like Airbnb. Um, which will allow you to rent somebody's home or apartment or whatnot. I've done that as well. So there's a lot of different options. Um, you know, getting creative is part of what's so fun about Boudoir.
0: Oh, that's great, too. I hadn't even thought about the Airbnb thing. That's great. Robert, Brian, any
3: uh Yeah, I thought Jen's idea about the Airbnb was great, too. Like, I never thought about that as well. And uh, I would sort of just, um, she touched on it, but elaborate more on it, you know, why, I guess if your bride wants to do it before as a gift, that's a different scenario, but I've done uh, several of mine just on the day of the wedding, and we've just scheduled a little bit more time um, you know prior to getting ready or any of that, so that always works out well because you're usually in a nice place uh, on the wedding day as well.
0: Nice. Brian, how about you? Any advice for other yeah, advice for
3: so, Michelle? So I,
2: again, I'd echo everything that Jen and Robert said. Um, I have an arrangement with a local hotel, like a sort of boutique, higher-end hotel. Um, and the, and I have, like, and it sounds creepy, but I have a day-rate uh, arrangement <laughs> with them. So I basically can... You have to make sure that you know who it is that you're calling when you ask them for that, because they're like, what do you mean, day-rate? What's it for? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, I, I basically, I actually do an email now, and I email the same person all the time, so they know me.
0: <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah, that I, reminds me of my days in japan when they had they had love hotels and you could either stay for a rest or a stay interesting
2: (laughs) so i mean you have to be careful but i personally like so i don't shoot in a studio um for anything that i do so boudoir would be no different so for me i like the environment of a hotel especially if it's a nice luxury high-end boutique hotel so i just make an arrangement with that hotel that here's what i pay whenever i need the day rate I go in, I book it out for three hours, and I can go in there and do it then and there. So I just have to book it within two weeks, which is sort of a bit of a of a snag, just because it's a bit of a busier hotel. So I can't, you know, say I need it for four months from now. So as long as I book it two weeks in advance, that they've they've got the day open. I pay under a hundred bucks for the hotel room. Oh, that's great! Beautiful space for a deluxe suite. So that's the arrangement that I do.
1: Brian, do you, do you said you said you don't shoot anything out of a studio? Do you prefer not to, or is it just?
2: Yeah, Yeah, I I prefer not to. Like, I, I actually, it's funny because I built a studio attached to my home, which is where my meeting space is as well, and the whole upper floor is like 700 square feet, and we built it to be a shooting space. And I started doing it, and I just found that for me, for my style, I just didn't love shooting in a studio. I felt personally too confined in the space that I was in, and maybe I just didn't set it up properly, but for me, it just wasn't connecting with me. I like to work in new environments, different environments, things that I'm not familiar with. I sort of get a creative energy from being somewhere new, um, so I sort of like to create that in the boudoir sessions that I do on location. So.
1: I think that that's amazing, I applaud you for that I actually have been in my studio for three years and I am I pull my hair out, I'm bored to death, within the first three <laughs> weeks I'm bored to death and right. it's, I've talked all the time about dumping my studio, and everybody always says to me, "Well, what are you? How are you going to have a business if you don't have a studio?" So I think I'm sorry, I'm taking over the show here, but I think that that's such an awesome point because it just goes to show you can have a business if you don't yeah. have space, and it, it's scary to take that leap. But I also totally. I noticed for me, my shots are better if I'm if I'm somewhere else because mm-hmm. it just pushes me creatively. Totally. Where in my studio, it's like I just know what to do. It's, right. it's so easy. Right. It's kind of
2: the same idea, a lot of wedding photographers, I'm sure, you know, those that are listening can relate to the idea that when their clients say something like, oh, would you want to come and see my parents' house, you know, where I'll be getting ready, so you can know what the space is at, where we're going to do pictures ahead of time, so you can familiarize yourself and plan out your session, and I always say, actually no not really because I actually want to be working on the fly and I get a certain creative energy by having to just you know fly by the seat of my pants and adapt with what I'm working with in the moment so that's why I like working on location even for boudoir because it makes me think of my feet
1: yeah it goes to show sorry Go ahead. (laughs) no I was going to say it goes to show how important (laughs) I'm a New Yorker I talk over everybody (laughs) sorry I was just going to say it goes to show how important Education is, and totally. sort of, you know, equipment is, so that you can walk. I tell, I say this all the time. You have two different toolboxes, right? You have your virtual toolbox, which is like your communication, your posing, you know, the, your creativity, and then you have your, you know, toolbox, your tangible toolbox, which is your lights and your cameras and your lenses. And it's so important to have them both filled and with you at all times. So wherever you are, you know, you can make it work.
3: Yeah. Or oh, here's an idea that I just thought of sitting here. Like most wedding photographers, you could do your boudoir appointments at Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> no that's not my I'm just, but, thank goodness um, there's a lot of
0: them because if you get kicked out you just go to the next one and the yeah. next one and there's like 400 so you'd be good it's for so I've there done you know. um,
3: I've done this more for maternity portraits and I started doing more because I said that I had the same thing Jen like I had a studio but I prefer to work outside and because it's kind of like the same thing um, but I started doing some of my um, maternity portraits and of course you could do this with boudoir depending on you know of course your client's living space but in their homes cuz sometimes yeah. that's fun especially if they have a nice beautiful home and you have a nice high end client you're in there you're actually looking at you know suggesting where they might hang a portrait or i mean we do that for family portraits some of the right. time so why not boudoir if they have a pretty bedroom or so i just wanted to throw that idea out there for anybody that you know like talk to your client and find out yeah. you know what their space looks like and that's you know, that's a really like good point
2: i've actually done cool. that before as well robert i've i've uh, done that just for clients that they're more comfortable in that space and it's also yeah. it it almost makes the intimacy of a boudoir session which is what we're trying to do it makes it almost even more personal which i think is really right.
3: beautiful and cool. access to all their wardrobe instead of just a few things that they brought That's right. Yeah, Yeah, that's funny. My my
1: clients, um, they don't love that. It's weird because I would love to do that, but they. um, I think sometimes people want to get out of there. Yeah. comfort space right. you know like they want to kind of create somebody else so um <laughs> you know it's it's just interesting it's you know and plus in new york city forget it it's like you know <laughs> welcome to <laughs> my apartment <Love> yeah <laughs> so
0: yeah.
1: yeah
0: i think another option some i i we don't do boudoir in our studio but i have some friends that do it and th- i've seen them do some even outdoor um, boudoir. Mm-hmm. so they'll go on location somewhere that's sort of private and a little bit secluded, and then they'll do their their shoot outdoors um, and gives it a bit of a different spin, a different you know so different I have a
2: question it. for that and this is just like it's a little bit of a silly question, but if you're doing it outdoor, is it still boudoir?
1: Yeah. Okay. Oh, I love that you just said that. <laughs> that that question is it boudoir is like it's like oh it's like nails on a chalkboard for me yeah. because boudoir I think is whatever you want it to be it's whatever you define it to be and what your client wants it to be I mean because people that's like a question you know I have a Facebook group um, if anybody's on Facebook if you uh, look for Jen Rosenbaum's boudoir group um, we have like almost 13,000 photographers in there, and people will constantly post a picture of somebody outside or somebody in a, you know, on a car or something, and they'll say, oh, is that boudoir? I'm like, who are you to define what boudoir is for somebody else, you know? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, it's just very interesting. Boud- what is boudoir? Like, no, the boudoir word is actually means nothing about photography at all. So I think that it's really whatever you define it to be.
0: Awesome. I like it. Well, let's let's jump into the. I mean, we've kind of already jumped into the topic a little bit, but let's let's really jump into the topic a little bit with our with our with our question. But before we uh, before we get into the main discussion this week, um, we want to thank our new sponsor. So we've got a new sponsor here on Twip Weddings and our new sponsor is Animoto. This episode of Twip Weddings is brought to you by our newest sponsor, Animoto. In today's connected and visual world, video is a necessity. All of the social media platforms now allow video. People are using this as a powerful way to stand out from static photos. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg predicts that video will be the primary form of communication on Facebook within five years. With video, you can better engage with your customers, drive more traffic to your website, and boost your company image. Learning how and spending the time and money to create compelling videos is expensive and takes a long time. Enter Animoto. Animoto is a drag and drop video builder that gives you everything you need to produce professional videos in minutes. You just need a logo and some photos or video clips. Pro features include over a thousand commercially licensed songs for you to use, courtesy of the folks from Triple Scoop Music. Animoto has partnered with respected photographers, including Kelly Brown, Jerry Guiones, Tamer Lackey, and more, to provide you with the exclusive professionally designed video styles. Have your own logo? Replace the Animoto branding with your own. Create unlimited HD videos. Share your videos on your website, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and email. You can even download and burn your videos to DVD. There's a Lightroom plugin as well. So Animoto is more than just a slideshow. Tell a story, create a mood, and market your photography business with video. No video editing experience is needed. Blend video clips and photos seamlessly into one video without any extra work. You can create your first video in 10 minutes. Less than the time it takes to get your favorite caffeinated drink. Animoto has a free trial, so it's risk-free to try. Try Animoto today for free and join the thousands of photographers who are already using Animoto to stand out from the crowd. Just head over to animoto.com twip and use the promo code TWIP to get 15% off an Animoto Pro account. So once again, I want to thank Animoto for sponsoring this episode of TWIP Weddings. And we're, we're fortunate to have Jen on the show today because, Jen, you actually i have been using Animoto for quite a while.
1: Yeah, I've actually been using Animoto since 2008. Wow. For real. Yeah, I love Animoto. I actually make a slideshow for every client. Uh, it helps with that emotional component, you know, really getting them into their um, pictures, and it helps also with customizing. Like, I pick different songs for them, um, and I have actually a style. They asked me last year to create a style with them, and I did, which really works well for weddings and any type of portrait, but especially well for boudoir because I feel the way it's laid out. You can really, you know, sometimes the pictures would overlap and it would change the color of the skin. So we really worked hard to make sure that the um, style group that I made worked especially well with boudoir, but it works with weddings also. It's beautiful. It's called Vogue, Vogue, by the way.
0: There. Excellent. Yeah. Good stuff. So yes, yeah, so check out anymoto.com twip. All right, so let's get into the discussion. Let's really dig into it. And the, you know, we brought Jen on today because we wanted to talk about um, boudoir photography specifically. And, and I think it's an area that it relates uh, and, and I think it um, correlates very well with with wedding photography. I think a lot of wedding photographers um, will either get into boudoir photography because their brides you know want to do a boudoir shoot. Um, or it's a way that they can, you know, sort of spread their business out a little bit. Because wedding business can be a seasonal, you know, fairly seasonal depending on what part of the world you're living in. And so I know a lot of wedding photographers here where where I live anyway in Edmonton, um, you know, we've got six months of winter and you know it's it's a quieter wedding season during those periods. So I know a lot that will do you know boudoir photography or supplement it with other types of photography. So thought it'd be good to bring Jen on this week and talk a, a bit about you know boudoir photography and how you know it sort of could tie in with a wedding photographers business so first I want to start just by introducing Jen a little bit and and getting to know you a little bit tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of your approach to you know photography how did you get into boudoir
1: sure well (laughs) uh, okay so I'm in New York City I have a boudoir studio here in New York City I've been shooting for about six years so for all Intensive purposes, I'm still sort of a newbie and I'm a baby in this industry. However, I do think that kind of specializing in the boudoir has escalated it for me. It's kind of like I have maybe 10 years experience in six years because I only shoot boudoir. Um, but I did start with photography with just a few small weddings and um, some elopements in the city. And I never really loved it. And I didn't really understand why until a friend asked me to do a boudoir shoot with her. She was shooting two sisters and she said, come along with me. I need a hand said, all right, I'll come with you. And I loved it. And I came home and I said to my husband, forget weddings. I want to be a boudoir photographer when I grow up. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay, whatever you want to do. And, you know, at the time I didn't understand, but now I realize that it really was about the connection with the women and when you're shooting for me when I was shooting weddings it was about the connection between the couple and I was sort of left out you know I was like an, just an observer for me with boudoir it's really important for me to connect with the women and I kind of call it like photographer therapy <laughs> so I'm sort of like the therapist with the camera and they need some sort of therapy and I heal them and they heal me and it's a really great connection so that's the short version of how I got started in boudoir uh, and once I knew I loved it that was it I dedicated myself to that I actually gave my wedding to other photographers um, at that point, and I just was like, I'm done. I, I just want to shoot boudoir, so um, that was about six years ago.
0: Awesome. Excellent. Brian and Robert, do you guys shoot um, some boudoir as well in your studios? I do a fair
3: bit of it, yes. Excellent. Robert, how about you? I was wordy for you, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> um Yes. I tend to do boudoir for my brides or past brides. Um, I have never, you know, specialized in that or gone after that. You know, there is, maybe we can talk about that too. I did a workshop once with uh, Stacey Frazier. I'm sure you know who she is, Jen. And, yeah. Uh, One of the things we talked about was male versus female, you know, shooting boudoir and the the pros and cons of that. Um, But yeah, I generally do it for past clients or brides that want to do it, that that are already comfortable and comfortable with me. Um, I will do a select amount of spontaneous. Sometimes, even on the wedding day. Um, I just did a wedding uh, this last weekend down in Cancun, and the, I have one particular shot in my portfolio that I probably one of my favorite images, one of my signature images. And she loved it, and she's like, I kind of want to do that. And it's just a shot of. I actually had just shot the the one the the image that she's referring to. I had done a a shoot with this bride, and she was completely naked. But we, you know, were very tasteful, and that's what she asked me for. I'm usually more uncomfortable in the bride's room than, than they are. But um, so I had done it, and then she had this little dress that was um, her mother's wedding dress that she customized and made it her cocktail dress. Yeah. And so I had photographed the dress, and I said, oh, hold the other dress up in front of you, you know, to cover her up so we could actually shoot the dress of her holding it. And she's her bridesmaids are one of them were in the room, and she... She's like laughing you know it's a very genuine beautiful image of her laughing holding this dress up, but you can tell she's not wearing anything and so my bride in Cancun this weekend kind of wanted to uh, duplicate that you know so we did and it's like kind of fun it just kind of like happened on the spot but uh, I would say more or less it's either on the wedding day and I do an occasional I have to say like I en- do enjoy that medium I've done a lot of nude shoots too, but for me if I'm gonna do nude it really needs to be um Very creative, very artful. For me, it's all about the location. I I really sort of loathe um, the typical let's just meet and shoot in a hotel room unless the room is like amazing because everybody kind of does that. So I would say for me, like if I gravitate towards my passion in doing that, it's really all about the location and making you having a very unique location, you know, making that work. Um, So, I mean, I don't know. I might do, do three or five or six shoots a year. I don't know. It just kind of. Sometimes I'll do it when I want to do it, just because I want to change, you know, and be inspired. And sometimes it's because my clients are paying me.
0: So that's a good. It uh, was a good segue because that was one of the questions that I had. Um, was kind of that that male-female dynamic, right? So, Jen, you mentioned that sort of that connection with your client is is really important. Um, what's your kind of thoughts on male photographers doing boudoir versus the female photographers doing boudoir? Because there's, you know, our audience is probably. male, female, in terms of in the wedding space. Um, So what's kind of your thought process on that?
1: Yeah, I think that some of the best photographers, some of the best boudoir photographers in the world are men. And when men say to me, well, I can't be a boudoir photographer, I think it's just an excuse. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if you do it professionally, then why not? I mean, men have something that I can't have, I can't teach, and I can't find, and that's seeing a woman through a man's eyes. I can't do that, I've tried, (laughs) it's impossible. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that somebody that might book me might not book a man, and vice versa. Somebody that would book a man probably wouldn't book me because we have two completely different visions. Um, I think that unfortunately women sometimes tend to be judgmental of each other. Um, I try really hard to fight that in my studio. We don't allow that in my studio, but um, I can tell you from my experience, I've been on the other side of the lens with a male and a female. And when I was shot by a woman, I kept thinking, oh, I hope she doesn't notice my cellulite, and I hope she doesn't see my you know, stretch marks and this and that. Um, when I was shot by a guy, I was really nervous. I had not been in lingerie in front of another man in 15 years, so <laughs> there was a little part of me who was really nervous about that. And then I just said to myself, you know what? He's a guy. He's going to think I'm hot. Whatever. You know, He's not going to notice my cellulite and my, all that other stuff. He's just going to see lingerie in a girl, right? So um, for me, I'm more comfortable being shot by a man. We're fairly, beasts,
0: yes, exactly. we're fairly simple beasts so. actually. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but since <laughs> you said it, yeah, I agree. Uh, so you know, I mean like my husband said to me, you know, you don't have cellulite. And I go, Do you know what cellulite is? Um, and so there is a comfort level on both sides, I think, for the right people. So um, I usually recommend men have a female assistant there if they feel more comfortable doing that, um, or maybe have like a female hair and makeup team. So at least there's some sort of femininity in the room. You know, I when I was shot by a guy, I had a friend's day, and she said, "Are you nervous?" I said, "No, I'm not nervous, but I need somebody to tell me that like my underwear is up my butt, or you know, something. I need somebody to be able to fix that for me because he's not going to do that." So I felt comfortable having a woman there, but um, I certainly. Think
0: that men can make amazing boudoir photographers. Yeah. So, Brian. What are some things that you do in your like in terms of to making that connection? Is it mostly brides that you're working with, or do you do you have clients that come in just specifically for boudoir photography that you never see them? on Yeah, the I'd, say, day? I'd say I'm probably fifty fifty. Like I have some of my brides that do it, but then I also have a
2: lot of just clients that are calling me wanting boudoir photos because they've seen what I do, and maybe one of their friends have have done it, or maybe one of their friends is a bride of mine, and they're calling me because they want something similar. Um, I would definitely say, I mean, I've had this, in fact, I did a whole interview, um, Molly Marie, who has a boudoir um, business, I think it's called Booty Camp or something, I did a whole um, interview for her course about the whole idea of me being a guy boudoir photographer, or, you know, doing boudoir portraits, and I I think I sort of echo what Jen said in the sense that it's more about connection than it is about making it this objectification of what you're actually doing, and I definitely... um, I don't think I've ever had a boudoir session where there it didn't start from my client's perspective with some nerves. It always starts with some nerves. But I really think that from that point on, it's how you deal with the session. It's uh, how you are as a person, how professional you are, what kind of environment you set, and what kind of um, little wins you give them throughout the beginning of the process that allows them to enjoy the experience. And I've never finished a boudoir session where at the end they're like, Sitting down, hanging out in their in their lingerie, being like, "This was like really fun. I had a lot. Like I feel so good about it. I feel this. It's and, and all of a sudden, like they warm up to the experience. So it starts out with some nerves, certainly, but I think that that's just the nature of the beast. Uh, and then I think from that point on, it's it's how you are as a person and what kind of environment you set for them. Um, I always start every boudoir session at the beginning, before they even start getting into their lingerie and all that, where I just sit down and I talk with them. It's like I'll make a coffee or whatever we're doing. And I just want to sort of like A, get to know them if I haven't already, but B, like talk to them about those kinds of things, like saying, this is what it's going to be like, this is the sort of thing that we're going for, Here are some of the things that I'm going to ask. Like just, just warming them up to me as a person before I put a camera in front of my face and before they get in front of me with lingerie. So I find that that experience sort of gets them comfortable and warm quicker than if I were to just jump into shooting them
0: in their lingerie. Yeah, that's a good point. You mentioned, I think, Jen, you posted recently about um, your sort of your thoughts on having alcohol at the session. Yeah. You want them to be a bit nervous, right? You want that nervousness and because you find that translates into better photographs.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, people ask me all the time if I provide alcohol at the studio to help women relax. And my answer is always no, always, always, always. Besides the fact that there's liability issues and there's legal issues and all sorts of other things, you know, droopy eyes, drunk girls, whatever. (laughs) The the whole point of Being nervous is that you're stepping outside your comfort zone. Like, you wouldn't go skydiving and be like, well, first I need to get drunk so I don't feel the nerves. You know, like, you're doing it to feel the nerves. That's part of it. And the the nerves are saying to your body, we're doing something out of our comfort zone, but that's the place where we grow and we change and we learn. And if you don't feel those nerves, then are you going to have as good of an experience? Are you going to feel that relief after? Are you going to feel that, um, You know, I I don't know, I just feel like feeling is living and we've become a very numbing society, Mm. and my answer really to women is, no, I don't want you numbing those nerves. Those nerves are important to have. They're telling your body something, you know, so that's how I feel about it personally. Everybody's different, but um, for me, that's important that they have the nerves beforehand.
2: If I can even comment on that, too. I totally agree with that perspective from the client's perspective but then also from the photographer's perspective consider this if you're getting them loosened up you know through alcohol or whatever then you're also giving yourself a bit of a cheat like you're not really stretching yourself as a photographer and as a person to make them feel comfortable and to really be a friendly and create a warm environment so you know if if you do that then you're not really stretching yourself as a person and as as a as a photographer to create that kind of environment. So yeah. you know, it's so
1: true, Brian. Stretch and you know,
2: them, but stretch yourself as well.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody said to me yesterday, Well, but I offer a champagne as part of the luxury experience. And I said to her, Well, you know what? Champagne is not the only luxurious thing. Okay. There's a lot of luxury. I mean you're not just gonna give her diamonds because it's luxurious, right? It's not <laughs> it's not about the luxury. You are the luxury. Make right. your experience with her the luxury, not the champagne. Do you oh, want yeah. her running to your her friends and saying, I had the best champagne at my photo shoot today, or I had the best experience with my photographer because the luxury doesn't come from the, the stuff that we use to fluff our sessions with. Mm-hmm. It comes from you. And so for me, I offer very simple, stripped down sort of sessions. It's not about wine and cheese and this and that. It's about you and me and what we're going to create for you and connecting. And, you know, Brian, you talked about connecting with your clients. Like I always say boudoir is sort of like dating 101. So <laughs> if you're a guy and and you're single or not single or whatever, and you don't, you know, you didn't do this stuff during dating. And I mean, I'm talking about, you know getting to know somebody, connecting on a more intimate level, you know, I mean, these are important things to do. You, you, a girl wouldn't just walk in and say, okay, take your clothes off. Yeah. You know, that's, it's just, it's weird, and I, even totally. for women to women, you know. <laughs> that's so, only if you
0: meet on Tinder. Then. Right, right, exactly.
1: <laughs> We're not Tinder here, people.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so, Robert, um, you mentioned you do, like, a lot of your boudoir, you do, it might be on the day, the kind of the day of the weddings, so or kind of before, is that sort of part of the getting ready um, process?
3: Usually, or we will usually ask that question ahead of time. Or if a bride, of course, really wants it, she will bring it up to me. Um, and in the case of last weekend, she asked me on the spot. You know, I love that picture in your portfolio, Rob, over the dress. Can we do that? I was like, sure. You know, it was very tame. You know, we just, you know, t- took a few shots, and you know, I make sure she's comfortable, and you know, go in the bathroom, come out with the dress in front of you, and you know, like. Again, it's it's the connection with your client. Even when they're getting ready, of course, I always ask where their comfort zone is. Do they want? Do they mind if I'm in the room, or you know, whatever? I think that's like super important. Um, but yeah, I would say more. You know, and I don't even know if it's fair to call that a boudoir shoot on the day of, like, especially what I just did. That wasn't. It was just a very spontaneous five-minute, you know, recreation of something she saw that I liked. I mean, it came out cute because she's a cute bride, cute dress, all that. Um, But I think if you're going to do it on the wedding day, then you definitely need to set aside time for that. Um, I liked, uh, you know, like I do the same thing that Jen mentioned. Like if I am doing even outside, I always make sure that I have a female in the room with me uh, for their comfort. And um, I think, you know, again, going back to the men and women thing, I think guys know what other guys like. So I think that's very helpful. But then to have the female in the room, like Jen mentioned, because they're conscious of what that girl's thinking you know, are my stretch marks showing or are, you know, so it's a really great combination and I really, you know, whether it's hair makeup or I suggest they bring a friend uh, to do that. So I I like that aspect of it. Um, I tend to, uh, before I'm going to do something like that, I will ask uh, the girl, you know, what are your favorite and least favorite parts of your body so that I have Mm -hmm. some sort of Um, gauge on what she likes and what she doesn't like so we can accentuate the breasts if that's it and avoid the buttocks if that's her least favorite or vice versa. You know find those things that you know so going into it you know what it is and you do all these pictures of her bottom and then she doesn't like it so I think that's important again we go back to communication and really finding out what um, you know what it is that they like and don't like Um, and I do like there is that sense of you know Somebody used the word intimacy in, in doing a, a shoot like this. Now, I've done them, and I've done nude shoots one-on-one with a girl with no one in the room. Um, so, you know, and that someone that has to, like, trust me and trust them. And even someone that I just met, I did one one time in Atlanta at my cousin's loft. I was there for PPA. I had a shoot scheduled, and that person canceled. And she's like, I have a friend. And it just kind of happened because my cousin had a really cool loft. And this girl just showed up, was beautiful. You know, trusted me. I, you know, because she was got a referral. But um, you know, for me in the beginning, I was like a little like nervous. You know, and I sort of ease into it myself. You know, we did a lingerie, and you know, and this girl specifically wanted nude photos, and and because she was about to have a baby, or she had just found out she was pregnant, so she wanted pictures of, you know, her body before she had a baby, and <laughs> um, and we went through it. But there is something also, I think, special about or just. Inspiring to me about just that one-on-one, you know, mm-hmm. intimacy with someone, and, and doing it and and being vulnerable for both people. I think, and you know, of course, they have to trust you. But um, so you know, sometimes if you have another person in the room, you know, that person can be influencing what you're shooting or what you're doing or yeah. you know, whatever. So it, I see both sides of it, um, yeah. and I've done both sides of it, and it's you know helpful and sometimes and sometimes it's been to hinder. But you know, it's it's definitely like for me, it's just of a change from, you know, I guess what I normally do. I mean, I shoot a ton of things, but weddings is what I'm known for. But, uh, I mean, I'm a photographer. I'm not, you know, capsulized into a little, you know, box.
0: Yeah. That's a good good segue into my next question, which was going to be sort of, if if you're not doing boudoir photography, but you – what can – Wedding photographers learn from watching a boudoir shoot or just looking at boudoir photography in terms of applying that to the posing and that on the on the wedding day. What's uh, Jen? You'd mentioned kind of in your creative live course, you know, yeah. would be a good resource to watch and you can learn from that. What would some of the things you think? wedding photographers could learn from that?
1: Well, I think you mentioned posing, and that's a really important part of it. I think, um, so I come from a fine art background. I've been drawing nudes since I'm a teenager, young teenager. Um, And when we first started drawing nudes, we learned to draw the skeletal system, and we drew it again and again and again and again. And then we learned how to draw the muscular system again and again and again and again and then we learned how to draw the woman and the reason it was frustrating because I was like I didn't sign up for this class to learn how to draw skeletons this is annoying but the truth of the matter is when you break it down that way and you learn really how the body moves and how it works it's much easier and um, you understand better when you see a a woman how her body why her body is doing certain things why is it sitting that way why is this you know skin this way or her leg up this way or why does this leg look smaller than that leg or whatnot so I think that um, That's also part of my success in posing is that I learned how the body works. The same thing applies when you learn posing from a boudoir point of view. The woman is wearing underwear or less, let's say. We see a lot more of her body. And you can see what she would look like underneath that wedding dress. So even though she's wearing a wedding dress, um, you still need to pose her properly. It might hide some of the things that we don't like, like skin rolls or you know, a little belly here and there. But the truth of the matter is that if you learn how to pose with it broken down like that from a boudoir point of view, it will make your wedding pictures look better. That's that's my opinion. I don't shoot weddings, but you know, think of it like um, like the dress up dolls. Like when I was younger, you'd have like the girl in her underwear and you put the dress up you know the clothes over her but the truth of the matter is the shape of her body had to be right to make everything look good and it's the same idea if you can take that girl and create a beautiful silhouette and then you put the wedding dress on top of it it's always going to look better with the proper posing
0: yeah brian what's uh what, what do you think what uh, how can a wedding photographer learn from the boudoir world and how can they bring that into their wedding stuff into their wedding shoot?
2: Well, so for me, it kind of goes back to almost what we've been talking about, and it's the idea that, for me, boudoir is just another expression of what we do as a photographer, and it's just another way that we can connect with people. And it's almost, you know, funny that obviously it's boudoir, and they're in their lingerie, and, you know, the naked, but it's almost like the most naked way that we can connect with people, in the sense of there's nothing for us to lean on. There's no crutch. There's no, uh, you know, other thing that we can use to aid us in connecting with people. We just have to be the best version of ourselves and mm-hmm. connect with people in a truly genuine, natural, authentic way. And so when you can do that in a boudoir session, oh my gosh, walking into a wedding day is like a breeze. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So for me, that's a huge benefit. Of course, there's the posing. There's the I mean, the lighting for boudoir is a, is a whole other thing. And if you can really master lighting and sculpting light and seeing light, in a boudoir session, again, you'll approach a wedding day and it's going to feel like it's so easy. Posing is the same way, just like Jen said. Mm -hmm. But, But, you know, so that's the one side of it. But then again, like I said, there's the connection side of it and the ability to make people feel comfortable and to create a warm environment for people. That's a huge asset that we have as wedding photographers, both on a wedding day, but also... In a consult or in anything else that we're doing at engagement session, we constantly, as wedding photographers, have to be able to quickly make a connection, make people feel uh, welcome and warm. And Bruce has a dog on his lap right now, which is distracting me for those that aren't <laughs> Sorry, watching. Sorry,
0: my puppy, my puppy decided to join the show for a few minutes. Right, This is Neko, everybody.
2: So, Hi. <laughs> so, you know, like that's that's our job as wedding photographers. Yes, you might think that our job as wedding photographers is to take pictures at weddings. But I believe it transcends further than that. And it's to create that warm, comfortable, welcoming environment and make people feel good very quickly. And there's no better way to practice that than a boudoir session. That is the most the most stripped down version of that Mm part of
0: the pun. (laughs) Yeah. So if somebody wanted to, let's say they were a wedding photographer right now and they weren't currently, um, offering boudoir services in their business, what would be some tips or advice, uh, to get started in that? If you wanted to add boudoir photography to your services?
1: I mean, I, like I said, I don't shoot weddings, but what I would think I would do is maybe pick my, two favorite brides or my two or three brides i have spent the most money with me so far and and I would probably approach them and say I'm thinking about offering this how do you feel about having a shoot maybe even doing it for free for them um, you know as an added service and um, just start building your portfolio that way and working with women I think that with boudoir you really need a lot of practice like even if you're an established mm-hmm. photographer right now you need to practice boudoir it's not as easy as it looks um, especially the posing, the communication. Um, but these women already trust you. And, and that's the thing. They've already hired you as a photographer so they already trust you and that's a huge benefit. It's really, boudoir, the first thing you need to do is build the trust. So since you've already done that with them, um, it's, a, it's a good advantage. And I would just start building your portfolio that way. And again, like Brian has said and Robert has said, then they start talking to their bridesmaids and other brides and, you know, their recommendations that come for weddings will also come with boudoir recommendations as well. So, I mean, that would be my take if I was shooting weddings. I think that you have an advantage. You have a built-in clientele already, and that sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: Robert. What uh, what advice would you have in that area?
3: I don't know how much more I can add to that. That was actually awesome advice. Um, you know, of course, there's always the you know, if you don't shoot weddings, you know, you could turn to friends and you know ask your friends, and obviously, you know, make sure they're comfortable with knowing that you're probably going to put their pictures on the internet, and you know. <laughs> And that they're okay with that because you'll waste your time if you do it, you know, a shoot, and yeah. they're not, regardless of who it is, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's a great way. Just pass clients, you know, and you know, I would say offer the first couple for free, and you know, get yourself some stuff out there, and then ask for the referral. Of course, that's always the the number one sales rule: ask for the referral. Talk to those brides, you know, if you have bridesmaids or friends that might want to do this, and you know, I'd like to get this business going, and any help that you can give me would be great. Um, you know, once you have some samples, you know, maybe you can print up some, uh, you know, five by seven cards or, you know, and, and uh, advertise what you do and hand them out at, at uh, lingerie stores in your neighborhood or anything that's female related, you know, it could be just regular clothing stores, uh, shoe stores, uh, you know, where they're going to see it. You know, that's definitely one way. Um, of course, we know there's many forms of advertising, but, you know, I think. When you're doing something like that, again, going back to the connection, where it's all about the connection and people trusting you. So you know you're going to build those connections through trust, and so people that know you and friends of friends, you know, are probably going to work best in the beginning.
0: Yep. yeah good advice, Brian. Anything to
2: yeah? I have. I'm getting going on it. So I have a few thoughts. First of all, um, again, echo everything that Jenna Roberts said. Um, but second of all, what I would really also encourage, you know, photographers gosh, it's so easy to become excited about this and then you know, go on Model Mayhem and try and find some models and go and do the shoot. But what I would encourage, and this is actually a practice that I implement myself, is I don't photograph models for boudoir. Reason being is models will generally know how to move, how to pose, all those kinds of things. They've done that before. And if I wanna be practicing my skills and making somebody feel comfortable that maybe feels a little out of their skin and practice my posing with someone that doesn't know how to pose, Putting somebody in front of my camera that knows how to pose is not going to help me with that. So I don't believe that that's necessarily the best way to learn and become better as a boudoir photographer. Because if you start shooting models and then all of a sudden you're put in front of a client that has never modeled or done this before and she's nervous, you're going to be like, "Yeah, go do your thing," like all my other <laughs> boudoir <laughs> clients have done. But they're yeah. not going to know how to work, how to move. So I think that that's just like a quick little caveat to that. What I would encourage photographers to really consider. Boudoir photography, if you're newer in boudoir, can be very nerve-wracking. And as much as you may not think that that's going to be the case, when you get in front of that boudoir client, there's going to be a million things happening in your head, and, and you might not remember the basics. You might forget the simple things that you might feel are second nature to you. So what I would encourage is before you start getting into that kind of session... Really, really learn the basics. like get out there and become like get them second nature, you know, like go through Jen's class on Creative Live, go to the conferences, go to workshops, read up on it, like do as much education about it as you possibly can. Become a master on paper first. Um, and then, instead of jumping right into a boudoir session, perhaps it would make more sense to jump into like a headshot style session. So do like, you know, in a nice fancy cocktail dress or do a session where the client is wearing an outfit or they're wearing a tank top or something that's not going to get you in that place where all of a sudden they're in lingerie. You've never done this before and you're getting nervous all of a sudden. So like kind of slowly ease your way into that because again, lighting, posing, composition, technique, everything, you know, on the skill set that Jen talked about earlier of your actual, you know, your actual toolbox of shooting you need to master that before you then get the boudoir client in front of you. So if you can practice that in in a, in a less intimidating environment for you, then you can ease your way into it, and then you can ease your way into the actual boudoir session where the client's wearing lingerie, and then you'll have been a master of the skill, you'll have practiced it in a must, much less intimidating an environment, mm-hmm. and then your boudoir will come that much easier for you. So I would say that's a good sort of path in my opinion.
0: So don't start swimming in the ocean before you can dog paddle in the shallow end. Yeah.
1: I think that's interesting, Brian, because you know, the truth is that um, most of us will say that we do this to help empower women and make women feel amazing and show them what we see. Because really the truth is when women look in the mirror, they don't see what everybody else sees, Mm -hmm. period. I mean, I know because I am one and I do the same thing. (laughs) But uh, the the thing is that what we have to remember is we have a responsibility and that responsibility is really important because we can go and we can just experiment on women and take really hard pictures and then they look at the pictures and go, oh my God, This is what I look like versus oh my god this is what I look like
0: so
1: you know I'm not saying that your you know your advice is amazing it's not what I did (laughs) unfortunately I sort of just jumped into once I you know I'm like all right let's do this. But I think when I look back, my photography sucked, but my personality and my um, connection with the women was always there, it was always there. So I was always able to make them feel good because I gave them a good experience, even though my pictures were not as great as they could have been. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, just be careful because if you, you know, you got one shot to impress Mm -hmm. this girl, you know, and she might not ever see another boudoir photographer again. And even if she does, and she gets great pictures, she's always gonna remember that time that she looked awful in her photos, and that's a big responsibility.
2: Yeah, because with that responsibility to empower, Power your clients. Also comes the potential downfall of if you do it in the wrong way. Yeah. You know, like right. you said, you could you could disappoint them, and that's not the kind of environment right. you want to create for them.
1: I mean, you'd never book a ten thousand dollars wedding in your first week of being a photography business, okay. yeah. and show up at the Ritz Carlton and try to shoot you know a ten thousand dollars wedding. You'd fry. You wouldn't have a business. Yeah. You know, it's it's really the same thing.
0: Yeah. We get, I mean, we deal not that we do, we are, but we've, we've had it even where brides will come back and then they're just, you know, you do your best job that you can, but they maybe have some self-confidence issues and whatnot. And they just look at their photos and they're not happy. Maybe, you know, maybe they, they gained a little bit of weight before the wedding or something. And they just see themselves in the photographs and they just don't feel... Good about themselves sometimes, and it's hard to, you know, it's kind of hard to overcome that. You know, we always try to encourage them and, and uplift them and tell them they're looking beautiful, but sometimes, you know, there's other issues and things beyond our control that, that are going on in their lives and, and whatnot that maybe influence that. Um, so, I want to talk a little bit about building a team because I know I know Brian has to duck out in a little bit, so I want to get towards the end of the discussion here but um hair and makeup team how uh, how important is having a consistent regular hair and makeup team? Jen do you have one Robert Brian, do you guys have a regular team you work with, or do you leave that up to the client to bring their team in? Oh yeah. I have a
1: staff, (laughs) I have a staff. Um, I have a hair and makeup artist that I work with all the time and I think that that's really important because the first, there's two reasons why it's one. The first one is that um, they know what I'm looking for. They know how to do photo makeup artists do. Um, Makeup for a party is different than makeup for photos, Um, so they know what looks good. They can take criticism from me, so I can say, hey Diana, um, I need you to put more lipstick on her or I hate that color or that eyeliner doesn't work and she will not even hesitate or give me attitude, she'll just fix it. Second, um, it's like have about an hour or so where she's in the studio space, getting comfortable with all of us and how we connect together and how we talk to each other. And, um, you know, without you know, being in her underwear. So it gives that little bit of time where we just get to know each other and we sit and we talk and we chat and we have fun girly time and she relaxes a little. The nerves always pick up again right before the session, but at least she knows I'm safe, I'm semi-normal, and she's going to have a good time that day. Um, So I think that those are really the top two reasons why you should have hair and makeup on premise. Forget the fact that, you know, when they have hair and makeup done elsewhere, you have no control. They always run late. You know, they come in with like you know horrendous hair and makeup, and then they say, "Well, I hate it." And there's nothing you can do about it at that point. So set yourself up for success and have your own team that does it.
0: Perfect, Brian Robert. Do you guys have regular teams that you work with? Uh... Well, um, okay. So let me let me
2: preclude this by saying that I don't think that there is necessarily you know only one way. To do it, and and so I'll I'll explain what I do, and and it's probably a little bit against the grain in terms of uh, what most photographers would do, and that's totally fine. For me, I do it with intentional purposes. Wait, you um, do the you do the hair makeup? Well, yeah. <laughs> oh boy, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> um, okay, so for me, um, I a don't require hair makeup. B don't necessarily work with anybody or refer anybody and see to a certain extent, don't even necessarily encourage it. Um, again, I know, against the grain. totally. yeah, I know, it's like, Jen's like, no, Brian. You're blowing no. Jen's mind no. right now.
1: I actually, I think it's awesome, Brian. You know, it's funny because this is what I'm talking about when I say like, you see women the way yeah. a man sees a woman yeah. versus me. For me, what I'm doing is I'm not... Okay, so makeup can be looked at two different ways. It can either be looked at as accentuating beauty yep. or masking it. And so the way we work it in the studio is it's not really either one. It's more about sort of creating who this woman really is. Right. You know, it's, it's letting her step out of her comfort zone and doing what she wants to do. But I do agree that often makeup really masks natural yeah. beauty. Yeah, um, but that's not why my clients come see me. So right, I can't yeah. do that. But I think it's awesome that totally, you
2: can. Yeah, totally. And that, and that's the thing is like, you know, clients will go to Jen or, or someone that does it like Jen for those purposes. For me, I, I do it in a way that is that is I want it to not feel like it's this big updo thing. I want it to feel like I'm able to capture the natural beauty, the intimacy, and everything that goes along with that, the confidence that is already there. And so I, I do everything that I can to not make it feel like this big event. you know. And, and I want to capture them being themselves and being genuine and being natural. And I want to show them that, hey, like the way that you are is beautiful, and I want to show you that. So that's sort of the reason that I don't do it that way. And also I've had the experience where you know, a client would come in with all kinds of crazy hair and makeup done and they look at the photos and they're like, that doesn't look like me. Yeah. So yeah, so it's like when you don't have a team that knows what you're doing like Jen does, you know, you run into the, the problem of even if you do everything in your power to be the best photographer in the, out there, you can show them pictures and they're like, oh my gosh, like I never look like that. My hair is never like that. My makeup is never like that. I feel like I don't look like myself in these pictures. And so I've had that before as well. So for those reasons... I try and make the entire experience um, as seamless and as natural and genuine as possible. And that's just my style of boudoir photography.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. that brings up an interesting thought. One of the things that we do um, with our brides because we've run into that before on wedding day where the bride will get her her hair and makeup done and maybe and then she sees it in the photos and she's like, "Oh my god, like I look like a whore." Like I'm like the makeup's just like plastered on. And she's just right. like, "That's not me. It's not how I normally look. I look like a clown or whatever. They've just done too much makeup." So, we always encourage them. You no, know we do because if they're not used to wearing a lot of makeup and then suddenly they have it on, they just they, it, they don't feel good about themselves. So, we often encourage them during the engagement session do a trial run of your makeup at your engagement session so you can see how it's going to photograph and then you can, you know, make adjustments on the wedding day. So I know it's not not really the boudoir stuff, but it's a good sort of, I think, tip on the makeup, hair and makeup side of things is you want to look natural and feel comfortable as, you know, that's who you are. So. I think
1: it also brings up another really great point, Brian, in that, you know, people talk about this market in any in any genre, weddings, boudoir, whatever, that it's oversaturated and how do I stand out and you know, there's so much competition and the truth is the more we talk, the more I'm like my client would never book you and your client yeah. would never book me. Totally. And if she- if you can get that message out there i mean we're both boudoir photographers you know for for that for intense all intensive purposes but we're so different and it's mm-hmm. it's funny it's it's you know if you can get that message out and you can tell people really what you're about and understand what you're about then your your clients your ideal clients will really find you and you won't email you brian and say well i really want heavy makeup and lots yeah. of hair because you're going to say wait a minute did you not read about me you know did you not read my blog or my yeah. facebook page or whatever don't you get it um so it really attracts the right clients when you really put it out there what you're looking for.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think for me, you know, something that the photographer listening right now can can really take away from this whole conversation is um, obviously there's more than one way to do it, but also B, it's that you must be intentional in what you do as a photographer and in how you run your business. I do things the way that I've explained it because for me that makes sense and I've designed it that way. But for someone just to jump, you know, if someone wanted to do boudoir photography like I do in the way that I've explained it, but then, you know, was all excited about having staff hair makeup people like Jen does and did all that, like you could easily get get pushed into that direction but for the wrong reasons Mm -hmm. so instead what I always encourage photographers to do is to think about what you're doing and try and be purposeful and deliberate in what you're doing and design a business and a style and an approach that makes sense for you
1: yeah, I think that that knowing why you do those things—that's the hardest part of yeah. what we do. Because we do things we don't even think about why we do it. When you really stop and think about why you do something, I mean, everything that you've said today, Brian, I pretty much do exactly the opposite. It's hysterical. Like I work with models all right. the time, and I, you know what? I've only one time in my entire life found a model that really knows how to move the right. way I want to move it. Like <laughs> you know, I am still the boss at my sessions, and if I hire you because you're a model and I know you're going to sign a model release, I'm still going to tell you what to do all day. So right. you can leave all that modeling knowledge behind. <laughs> You know, awesome. um, so I'm still going to tell you what to do, and I just think it's—I so, love how we have completely yeah. different views on everything, and yet both still work and function and yeah. have a good time doing it. So I yeah. think that that's great. It's
0: awesome, awesome. Robert, anything to add on the on the end of the hair and makeup or, or anything in general, just about boudoir? No, I, I think
1: one of
3: the things that I like I picked up on early, and I, I wanted to say it at the right point, and I think this is the right point. Um, that I think is really super important. And I know we've all talked about this before in the show, but it's something that Jen brought up early in the show. And she said, I shot a few weddings and then I shot boudoir, and I knew that's what I wanted to do, and that's all I do, and that's all I do. And I think that's important. I think a lot of photographers try to be a lot of things. Um, And I think we all can shoot many things, but I think it is important, you know, you hear that over and over. If you really specialize in one thing, it'll probably get you further along faster than trying to be, you know, a jack of all trades. So, you know, again, that take it for what it's worth. But I thought when she said that, I really liked it because she's like, nope, I identified. She identified her passion, and she went for it. And six years later, she's you know thriving and doing well and educating and teaching and and you know and I think that's the way to do it. So if there is, you know, if you are one of those photographers that does a lot of things, but there is one thing that you kind of always gravitate towards, then you might want to think about, you know, putting a little more attention towards that area in your business. Excellent, yeah. I like that. Very good advice.
0: Well, I think we've, I mean, we could probably talk again for hours and hours, and all (laughs) kinds of other questions that I I had for Jen, but um, I know Brian has to duck out, and people are probably... uh, you know, need to get on with their days. So we'll kinda we'll kinda close things off there. So um, once again I want to thank our you know our sponsors. I want to thank Animoto for sponsoring this episode. Um, we also want to remind you, you know, send in your questions, your comments for the show. Um, make sure you comment on the blog post or email us or you know, post on social media. Uh, you know, TwipWed is our hashtag, um, or you can email us TwipWed at thisweekinphoto.com. So, before we kind of wrap up, what's everybody up to, and where can we? Where can we find you online, Jen? I'll start with you. What have you got coming up, and where can people find you online?
1: Sure. Well, my new, most exciting thing is I have a book coming out this spring. Uh, you can find it on Amazon. It's actually a cookbook. It's sixty recipes for boudoir success. Something like that. I don't even remember what the title is. Sixty recipes for boudoir or something or other. But it's a good. It's a good book. It's about uh, you know sixty different images, how I created them, some variation, lighting, posing. Um, you know, a whole ton of education in there. So you can find that on amazon if you search for me and don't forget my last name is spelled with a z not an s people screw that up all the time so it's jen rosenbaum with a z um so that's really exciting i'm excited about that i saw a psychic years ago who told me i was going to write a book and i laughed because i don't know how to write anything i'm a <laughs> horrible writer but uh <laughs> at least I think so but uh, this book coming out and, um, you know i have a lot of stuff on Mm -hmm. blog with a J, Um, so it's J-E-N-E-R-A-T-I-O-N-S, blog.com, and um, you can find, I just actually came out with a new wardrobe guide for boudoir photographers. It's an awesome 80-page guide for boudoir photographers to learn about all the different types of lingerie, what to recommend to different clients, um, what works, what doesn't work, um, different terms, different stockings, and what's the difference between a bustier and a corset, and all these different things. And the best part of it is it comes with a six-page guide for photographers to give to their clients. Mm. So it's all written up. They just have to put in their own pictures, their own logo, give it to their shoots, and it also comes with a checklist for their clients to remember to bring everything. Um, so it's been really helpful. It's gotten some really great reviews, and I'm very proud of it. It was a labor of love, and I really think it looks great. So you can find that and all of my other products on um, Gumroad. It's, sa- it's spelled just like it sounds, dot com forward slash Jen Rosenbaum. And I actually just punched in a code this morning. The code is TWIP, uh, T-W-I-P. If you use that code, you get 10% off anything hey, awesome. uh, in my store there.
3: Excellent. Yes. I've,
0: I've had a look at that guide. You, sh- you shared a copy with me, and I had a chance to look at it. And yes. I-, I learned all kinds of things about lingerie that I never knew.
2: Do, do I sense a new wardrobe for the next episode,
0: perhaps? On maybe. Side? Yes. maybe. We'll see. Maybe, maybe I'll shop in a corset next, uh, next year. Or something.
1: No. It would flatter you. <laughs> yes.
0: I would say, how do you feel about nude photography? And then I start taking my clothes off, and then they work. Yeah.
1: No, not nude photographer. Or nude not nude, no,
3: oh, oops. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Mr. Evans, what have you got going on, and where can people find you online?
3: Um, I am off again. I leave tomorrow night. Um, I'm on a 10-day photo tour. (laughs) L.A., Tucson, San Francisco, uh, and then back again. So, uh, wedding in L.A., uh, doing some Best Buy training in Tucson uh, for Sony and Best Buy, and then... uh, a sixteenth birthday party in uh, Palo Alto. Wow! And you need like
0: a bus, like a Robert Evans bus or something <laughs> yeah. to drive around.
3: I'd rather have my face on the side of a plane, really. But
0: yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: but if you want to find me, see what I'm doing. Um, of course, my website is robertevans.com. Twitter and Instagram are at Robert Evans. uh Facebook, Robert Evans Studios, and Google Plus is Robert Evans 101, I believe. We'll have links, as always, to those yep. things on the blog post.
0: Mr. Capricci, what have you got going on in the next little bit? And Well, this is
2: my first TWIP episode in the new offices. Um, so for those watching, you can see that this is different than where I normally am. And for those listening, it may sound a little bit different because I haven't fully got my whole soundproofing system set up yet. So I'm in the new Sprout Studio offices. So for those that have followed along, you guys know that I recently launched or we recently launched Sprout Studio, which is the industry's first all-in-one studio success software that basically marries online galleries, album proofing, sales galleries, studio management, and everything that a photographer needs to run their business. So we are out with the beta on that, and um, the whole team is now under one roof with our new offices. We've got 11 people on the team between developers and customer support and designers, and I am the CEO founder of that. So I have my own nice little office over here. Um, so that's where I am, and that's what's new with us. But for those that uh, haven't checked out Spread Studio that want to check it out, you can visit www.getsproutstudio.com and you can check that out and uh, join the reservation list to
0: find out more information about how you can sign up. Excellent.
1: Fantastic.
0: Very good. All right, and if you're you're looking for me, um, I've got just I'm teaching some workshops here in Edmonton the next uh, the next couple weekends on off camera flash and studio lighting, and then we roll into wedding season, um, and then we'll be kind of knee deep in wedding season for the next six months or so. So kind of we just, all hibernate, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. So it'll just be hunkering down and, and getting into wedding season. Um, I just We just wrapped up a shoot this last weekend. We went to um, a backcountry lodge and photographed uh, a styled wedding on top of a mountain, which was really cool. Um, it was my first time in a helicopter, so that was fun. So I hope to have some uh, photographs from that up on our blog um, fairly soon. I have to get to processing them. but uh,
3: Maybe even also- our Instagram
0: account or maybe our Instagram account yes I'll try <laughs> So, but if you're um, if you're looking for me you can find uh, me over at our uh, website which is uh, you know, www.momentsindigital.com um, and if you're looking for me on the various social networks I'm at Bruce Clark and that's an E at the end of Clark so that's where you'll find all of us again we'll have links to all those things in the show notes for this episode so be sure to visit uh, our website at thisweekinphoto.com/weddings and there you'll find everything we talked about today. So thanks again to you know thanks again for listening to another episode of Trip Weddings, raising the bar one wedding at a time.